If you believe, then just stand up on your feet and shout it loud, real. Here at the riot, the battle hymn's begun. We're here for RSL. So if you believe, then just stand up on your feet and shout it loud, real. Here at the riot, the battle hymn's begun. We're here for RSL. So if you believe, then just stand up on your feet. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of MLS Now Podcast. My name is David. Back with another episode. Last episode you guys heard was Gavin uh, talking about the Red Bulls. And then the episode before that, it was uh, me talking about, who was I talking about? Atlanta United. I'm back with another episode. More correspondence, new correspondence. That's what we're working on right now. We are going to talk about RSL, Ralsa Lake. Excited to talk about this. For Ralsa Lake, we have two correspondents. We have Mike Miller. And Cal Westfall. Mike, how you doing? Welcome on the podcast. Excited to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing good. Awesome. Cal, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate you making time. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. All right, guys. So let's talk RSL because there's not many big news on them, but there are some news on them. Um, and I'll start off with you, uh, Mike. 2019, third place, finished top three in the West. You guys were killing it. You guys did great. It was a good season. Last season, didn't make the playoffs. I believe it was second or third to last. What went wrong, Mike? What, it, it, as a fan, what did you think happened that last year? Yeah, so a lot happened last year, like you said, and kind of the big problem really is with ownership. That whole mess kind of went down in August with Deloy Hansen, and there's a bunch of allegations that came out against him, whether it was racism or whether it was the way that. Um, he ran the club, and so obviously that kind of made it difficult for the performance on the field. You know, the players would say in press conferences, like, oh, it's not a big deal, it's not distracting us. But, I mean, anytime you take the top two or three executives from your team and have them disappear in a week, it's going to create a pretty big issue, I think. And um, a lot of people kind of came out and told their stories about how Deloy ran the team, and a big part of it is he enjoyed saving money, and so he didn't invest as much in players as maybe he should have. Um, so a lot of times, you know, they got lucky with guys like Demir Krylock and things like that who were really good. Um, but eventually kind of that lack of investment in the roster caught up to them last year. The depth really struggled. So once, like, top guys had to rotate out due to the condensed schedule, um, RSL got exposed in a hurry. Now, and we see that a lot as well, Mike, um, especially now in the MLS with the newer teams are spending much more money than uh, some of the teams has been around for uh, a while now. And sooner or later, it's going to start affecting your players, it'll start affecting your academy, start affecting your teams, start affecting everything in your team when you're not spending and you're not putting that money in because you can't compete against the, the teams in MLS that are actually going out and not afraid to drop three, four, five, even 15 million now, because that's where we're going in the MLS now. 
um, you need to see that from either your new investors that are coming in, but that the pressure from the fans needs to be there as well. Uh, I don't know if, if, if you agree where you have to pressure the front office to, hey, you got to drop some money if we want to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think the whoever the new owner is, there's a real kind of turning point in the organization if they choose to come in and invest and uh, do the things that they need to do to build a winning program. I think, you know, we have the infrastructure, we have the academy, the stadium, the fan base, all of that's there if they're willing to spend the money on it and will take off pretty quickly, I think. And so that's where the fans come in. Like you were saying, if, you know, we as a community, when the new owner comes in, welcomes them, shows them our love for RSL and kind of says, hey, this is what you need to do as a MLS owner. And if they respond to that and are willing to do that, then I think this club's going to be in pretty good shape pretty quickly. Absolutely. Now, Cal, um, I've, I've been kind of critical in the past of RSL when it comes to spending, like Mike just mentioned. Um, and this might not make a lot of sense to some listeners, um, but in the way I put it, it kind of makes sense to me. I believe that there was a point where they were investing, not investing, they were, sorry, they were depending too much on their homegrown players, depending too much on the academy. And with the league that's rapidly growing and rapidly becoming more attractive to other players, not just in Europe, but in South America as well, um, you need to start spending. Uh, do you do you think, do you share that same feeling maybe that they depend too much on the homegrowns, or do you think they should just um, do a little combination, uh, a combination of both? That's a great question, David. I think that there needs to be a balance between the two. And, you know, in the past, like Mike was saying, maybe we focus too much on the academy. And it's, you know, it's not a bad thing to focus on the academy, but if that's the only thing you got going for you, it's going to be hard to compete with these other new teams. Like you were saying, are dropping millions and millions of dollars left and right. And so I agree with what you guys said that we need to have a, you know, open mind and open wallet, you know, look forward to going after some big signings and and making it work with what we have. You know, I was just, I watched the Olympic qualifying game today and, you know, there's five RSL Academy products on the field for the U S and, you know, we've got talent, but it needs to be supplemented, right? We, we got some young talent, but we need to bring in some experience um, to match that as well. Now, you did mention John Tellen, and, and, and we we're seeing that right now. And your goalkeeper right now is, is the new talent that everybody's going to be looking at, uh, Ochoa. He he is an upcoming uh, upcoming goalkeeper, but how do you see the situation? Do you think the situation is solved? I know Rick uh, Romando, uh, Nick Romando, sorry, left a big uh, spot there. You know, he played for DC United. I'm a huge DC United supporter. Um, he's a legend, MLS legend of all times. One of the MLS legends of all time, sorry. H- how do you see that? Do you do you feel that it's a, it's a spot that's still up in the air? Or do you feel like Zach Macbeth has that or, or Ochoa can step in and, and take that spot? Yeah, great question. I personally would love to see Ochoa step into Ramondo's shoes. You know, the two shoes to fill. The other day on Twitter, MLS asked for the greatest MLS goalkeeper of all time, and there's a pretty strong consensus that it was Ramondo. Um, like, like I said, huge shoes to fill. I would love to see him. De- oh no, Ochoa. I mean, I'd love to see Ochoa develop, um, playing some bigger games. I think that this Olympic qualifying tournament was good for him. You know, it was a little messy, especially today. But, you know, getting more exposure, more reps, um, I think that that's something that he can step into. And Ochoa, being a homegrown player himself, can step into this status of being a, a mainstay for the club and to grow into a legend himself. I mean, he's young. He's 20 years old, so he's got time to do it. Absolutely. Uh, he has a lot of talent as well. Mike, what's, who's, who's a player last year that you want to step up big time? Not big time this year, but step up in, in some type of way that you're looking at 
with this new 2021 season coming up? I think one player that comes to my mind off the bat is Albert Rusnak. Rusnak. You know, kind of an interesting answer when you pick your designated player starting attacking midfielder every single game to be the guy that needs to step up this year. But I think that's really where they were lacking last year is he kind of took a step backwards in, in terms of his progress. And the the touch in the final third from RSL was really lacking last year. They had plenty of good pieces, but they couldn't string the passes together. And I think you need um, that attacking midfielder in there that's going to take over the game and is going to dictate things in the in the final third and there was large portions of last season where he kind of disappeared uh, for big chunks of the game so I think it's one of those things where if you're going to be a designated player you need to be the guy and you need to win games for your team and if not then I think RSL needs to be looking elsewhere for that same position. Now I'm going to mention some of the oh not some the defenders that RSL has right now according to to their website and I'm not going to mention them by name I'm going to mention you by, by the labels on them Homegrown, homegrown, Generation Adidas, homegrown, homegrown, international, homegrown, international, homegrown. Are you, as a fan, wanting maybe a, a DP or somebody with a, with a lot of experience stepping in, or do you feel that there's a leader in that in that defense? Um, I think for me right now, I think Justin Glad's the leader in that defense, and he's a really good player. I think they do need one more signing whether that's a dp or a high level tam guy to come in and play defense because by my math in terms of quality center backs that can play games in mls right now you have justin glad and you have marcelo silva who are probably the two starters and then you have eric holt who plays but is a little shaky at times and silva can be shaky as well and i think especially with this condensed schedule this year and with glad potentially missing time for the U.S., even though he doesn't have to go to the Olympics anymore, um, having a high-quality center back that can be there next to him and then Silva rotating in as necessary, I think, is something that's going to be really necessary to anchor that back line. Now you also have uh, Aaron Herrera, who had, a 20, I believe, 20 starts last year, um, year previous year at about 30, I believe. Are you looking at him as well? He's still pretty young. I believe he's uh, 22 years old. A very young. You guys have a very young team in general. Uh, how how big a, big of an impact do you think is going to have this season? I mean, he has some experience already with the team and even with some USL teams. Yeah, Aaron Herrera definitely is probably RSL's best defender right now. And you saw it today in the Olympic game. He's really good at contributing to the attack and sending those crosses in. Um, so I think he needs to have a big year as well. It's just the question of depth. You know, if he needs a night off or something, who's the right back to replace him. And I don't, right now, I don't know if we have one. Cal, talk to me about Pablo Ruiz. What do you, what do you want to see from him this season? Yeah, I, I'd have to echo what Mike was saying. To to see this depth in the defense, I would love to see Ruiz come in, step in, step into those big games, especially when some of the other starters like Herrera or Glad might need some rest. One of my notes, I just kind of looking at, um, you know, kind of season goals. You know, we've got a strong defense, but we need to, we need to improve still. Um, and so we had 35 goals against. We allowed 35 goals last year. I think you could even bring that down to, to 30 or 28. And I think that the defensive cohesion working together, um, especially when you got guys coming in, going out maybe for national team stints or whatever it may be, I think, um, you know, Mike nailed it. You got to bring that depth and that cohesion back. 
Now, uh, another player to look at as well is Everton Ruiz. Luis, sorry, Everton Luis. In 2019, he had 27 games, 24 starts. And then 2020, he had 14 games, 11 starts. He's the most, ex- not the most, ex- I want to say the most experienced ones you guys have in the midfield. Um, do you feel like he's a constant starter right away, or do you feel like the, there could be a homegrown that could step in for him? He, like I said, he does have that experience, and he's played in other uh, countries where, you know, soccer is different. Um, but he could bring it in here and, you know, be like a, a mentor to to the new generation that's coming up. Yeah, I think it's definitely a possibility. He's got the experience, like you said, and him stepping in, um, especially in a season where we had last year was so quick. The, the schedule was so condensed. And then it's been such a long break. You know, all the other major leagues in the world are in the middle of their season right now. And we're starting coming up in a couple of weeks. And so I think that experience that he can bring in um, can really be that rock next to that young talent that we have. and to be a mentor yeah I, I completely agree do you feel like there needs to be a, a i mean and before i ask this question i, I just want to say a lot of the teams now in the mls focus on a d and a number 10 dp right uh you you've seen it mm-hmm. all over uh you have we have here edison flores and dc united um luciano acosta xdc united now going to cincinnati um you have LA Galaxy, I believe, with Pavon. They're trying to get him, and everybody wants to have that big sign in the big DP, the big DP number ten. If you want to make it that for that striker that you have up there, do you feel that you have enough talent in the midfield to create plays and 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 to help out the strikers, or do you feel like there could be, um, you know, if money was to come, a, a good sign in for for a DP? I think that there needs to be some improvement if you know if we've got the money and there's a number 10 style dp that's available i think we should totally go after it and to bring that added strength um you know we've got a lot of young talent especially at defense and so you know there's that trade-off you know do you want to have um Luis there to, to to give some mentorship and some guidance to this young talent or do you trade it off to kind of fix some other issues that you got going on in the attack um but i, I think that bringing on a number 10 or a 10 style dp would be a good add to the club. Mike, uh, going into, into the into the strikers position, going to, into the forwards, you have a designated player, uh, Jason Ramirez, very young, very, very young, 20 years old. Um, do, do you, what, what are your thoughts on him? And like, basically I was going to ask you the same questions I just asked Cal. Do you feel like he has the, the, uh, the providers to help him out? Yeah, there's a lot of unknowns with him. Um, I don't think he started a single game last year and had very few appearances off the bench but when he did come in I thought he looked really good um there's been some debate as well whether he's an out and out striker or if he's a winger kind of a guy um but Anderson Julio is a guy that's pretty similar to Jason's style of play assuming you know everything I've read about Julio is correct which kind of makes me think that maybe Jason's not going to pan out as well um RSL had a scrimmage yesterday I didn't go to it but my roommate did and he was telling me that Anderson Julio went out with the starters and Jason Ramirez came in in the second game, which was kind of the almost like the second or third string guys coming in, which kind of makes me think that maybe they've already called it quits on him, um, which is unfortunate because I think he's got the skills to make a real impact with the club. And I think he does have the pieces around him. I think the way that he plays fits really well with Rusnak and fits really well with Merrim on the other wing that they could really play off of each other if they're all um, having a good game. But I don't know if he's even going to be given that chance. Now, you guys also signed on January um, Rubio Rubin, who, I mean, in the USL, he did he did really good. Uh, scored seven goals in, in five matches. Uh, pretty fast player. Do you think it's more of a depth call uh, bringing him in? 
I think right now he has the chance to be the starting striker if he can beat out Douglas Martinez um, in training camp. I think that one's up in the air. I think he will turn into a depth piece, though, assuming Bobby Wood is still on the way in the summer transfer window, because um, I think Bobby Wood, despite his you know recent struggles in the Bundesliga 2 league, he's going to be much better than either of the options up top. So I think long-term he'll be a depth piece. Um, but right now, if he wants a starting spot, I think that's a possibility for him to go and get. Now, uh, Kyle, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe uh, Beckerman retired, right? Yes, that is correct. How big of an impact? Oh, not, oh, yeah, I guess impact. How big of an impact and how much do you think they're going to miss him? Plays it in. Flicked on by Garcia. Watson Cerebo there. Shot and a goal! It's Beckerman! And it's 2-1 RSL in the 77th minute. Well, a lot. I think, you know, he was, you know, the face of the club. The mascot, you know, looks like him with with his former hurt. And so I think that, yeah, kind of the same thing with Romando. It's going to be some big shoes to fill. We're going to feel that loss um, maybe a little bit more than some other ones that we experienced this year. But yeah, we're definitely going to miss him. But, you know, it, it opens up space for a new talent to step in, and to step up. Cal, does the scouting you uh, bother you at some points where you don't feel that being, you know, the big, like, talented? Not, I don't want to say talented because it sounds wrong because you guys do have talent in your team and you guys are one of the best academies in the United States. But uh, I'll give you an example. Um, FC Dallas is another team that we talk about here a lot because mm-hmm. FC Dallas is always selling players and, and they're making money off of it. But here, in, I guess in my opinion, I feel like they don't invest that money back into the main roster. Um, does it? Do you feel like there's not enough either scouting going on, or, or do you feel that um, what, what's the word that I'm looking for? What's the sentence I'm looking for? Do you do you feel basically that that there needs to be a better network in scouting when it comes to the um, senior team? Oh yes, I, I agree. I, I've listened to some of the other episodes, and you, you talked about like the in some other podcasts like the FC Dallas to the Bundesliga pipeline, right? And so, um, you know, I'm not saying that our players need to go go abroad and sign for millions of dollars, but I think that, you know, we've got one of the best academies in the league and there definitely needs to be more investment putting that money that we do get back into the academy and then when we sell the players, bolstering the first team roster. Um, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit already, but you got to balance that young talent with the experience. And so, yeah, I, I agree. Mike? The, the the season's coming up. Um, the schedule's already released. You guys, like I said, this is this is one of the seasons where I know there's a lot of things that are still gonna go on with the ownership. Still going going to happen with the management. Find out who the new owner is. Have MLS step in. It's a big process, and unfortunately, sometimes it does affect the team, um, on the field and off the, and off the field. How do you feel about the season coming up? How do you feel about your roster? Um, do you feel like there's an area where they still need to make some changes in? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there is. I think they have the pieces right now to support um, a high quality team. I just think they need a couple of top, pe- a couple of high quality players on top of what they have uh, to kind of polish it all off. So, like we've mentioned, a, a striker, a center back, and then maybe even another guy in the midfield that's going to give the striker the opportunity um, to put those goals in. And uh, Tony Beltran, he's the former club legend and assistant GM right now, he went on the Extra Time Radio podcast that MLS puts on, and he basically said the same thing. He's like, look, we feel confident in our roster, but we know that we need a little bit more on the top end, and it's just kind of a waning game. 
uh, until the new ownership gets here and can give us the money to do that. And it's just, you know, the question for this season is how long can we hang on with the roster that we have? And a lot of that's going to come down to Freddie Wara as the coach to see if he can get the guys to take a step forward individually. Um, and if he can do that, I think they'll be in an okay shape. But if not, it might get ugly in a hurry. Cal, do you think that spending is coming? Do you think those players, uh, you know, there's no names, of course, but do you think that type of players are, are coming? Or, or do you feel that maybe they're going to leave that to the summer uh, transfer window? Great question. Um, I think it depends on the new ownership coming in. Um, I, I read a Salt Lake Tribune article a while back about, you know, names flip floating around that are going through the MLS arbitration right now. And I would love to see someone like Ryan Smith, who's the owner, the new owner of the Utah Jazz. I, I think he's really forward thinking and someone like him would be very open to, to spending the money necessary to bolster the roster. Um, so it, it depends. It could happen in the next couple of weeks. Um, but if it doesn't happen by the start of the season, I think that, you know, summer's definitely got to be the time to spend. How big of a match do you think the home opener is against Sporting KC, a very talented, talented team? I, I think it's going to set the tone for the season, 100%. Um, you know, last year um, wasn't <laughs> didn't go our way in a lot of different ways, but it, it could definitely set the tone, and especially with what we've been seeing with um, our players playing on the national teams, um, getting international caps, I think that – that can bring some new energy back into the club and that can help um, connect the fans back to the club. You know, if we play really well against a great opponent like Sporting KC, then um, it could set the tone and get us off on our way for the season. Now, I'm all over with the questions, guys. I apologize. Um, going a little back, Mike, what's one thing that frustrated you uh, when watching the team last season? I think one thing that frustrated me the most is they kind of lost their identity. Um, if you look at the RSL team's before that were really successful both like the 09 cup championship team and then the 2013 team that made it back to the final they had this really cohesive identity you knew exactly what the formation was going to be and how they were going to play on the field they had this team as the star mentality um, but on top of that obviously they had some incredible players that were stars in their own right uh, but they were just very humble and fit well into the system but when you look back in last year it's like I could tell you what the formation was going to be because they play the same way every time, but it, it wasn't a very good way every time. In my opinion, it was kind of sloppy and every game was different. So there was no real style and identity, even though the formation was the same. So I think figuring that out and at least bringing some level of consistency would go a long way. Cal, what, what do you want to see? Um, maybe bring that, what Mike just mentioned, that style back or a different style more consistency, uh, more attack, more defensive style. What do you want to see as a fan, uh, you know, watching as many games as you can on the field from the team? Yeah, great question. Like I said earlier, I would love to see the the defense continue to be strong and, and improve. And then also what we've talked about, finding that that missing part to the offense that will really lock it in. You know, looking at our, our games last year, we, we lost a lot of close matches and it comes down to finishing. And so if we can, you know, change... A handful of those results around, um, you know, we jump up the table a couple of spots and we're in the playoffs. And so I think that bringing it all together and exactly what Mike said, finding that identity, finding that groove, um, that chemistry, cohesion um, will really get things going. And, you know, we just keep saying it, but there's young talent. And so getting these guys to to get comfortable with each other and to, to rewrite their own story, I think, is one of the probably the biggest thing. Now, the first four games you guys have, you faced three teams that made the playoffs last year. 
Um, Sporting KC, like I mentioned earlier, that's your home opener. But before that, you face Minnesota United. Uh, at home, you're going to face Sporting KC. Um, and then you have Matias Almeida with uh, San Jose Earthquakes. And then Nashville as well. That's Those four, four first games is where you guys are going to be tested a lot. Because Minnesota has great midfielders in Reynoso and uh, experience like Alonso. You have Sporting KC with Adam Pulido and a great attack. You have Matias Almeida who likes to play a very different type of, of soccer. And Nashville, who's a very, very defensive team, they're really going to test you guys in this four first four matches to see what system uh, your coach wants to implement and, and how much the players can keep up. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, with the tone setter, um, the the beginning of the season is definitely going to be our, our crucible, our, our baptism by fire, as we continue to figure things out and, and see what we'll need to adjust and to get better at. And, you know, you said it best, you know, it, it'll tell us how the season's going to go. But I do think that even if um, we do hit some road bumps in the beginning, there's always time to turn around. Um, you know, there's always lessons to be learned. And so I'm looking forward to see how the club approaches the first four games, especially the first four games, and how that will play out into the rest of the season. Now, uh, Mike, I, I know asking you right now who your starting 11 is probably um, not the time. Maybe you don't have it, and I apologize. It's a question out of nowhere. But who are some players that you want to see start? Who are some players that you want to see on the field and see if they uh, can provide for the team? Yeah, for sure. I think you know my preferred starting 11 is probably going to look a lot different than uh, Freddie Juarez's starting 11 uh, come week one just because he's – appears to be a pretty conservative coach in terms of going with the guys that he trusts and going with um, guys that have a lot of experience with the club. He doesn't seem to take a lot of risks with new players. So guys that I would want to see is like David Ochoa and goal. I'd like to see Jason Ramirez at least come on as a sub consistently. I want to see Anderson Julio starting on the wing. I want to see Rubio Rubin starting up top. But I think but I don't think Freddie will go with that. I think it'll still be putting on goal. I think it'll still be Douglas Martinez up top. So it'll be interesting to see kind of which direction he goes with, if he just kind of goes with the guys he has and trust them to take a step forward, or if he'll take the risk on some of the new faces that are on the team this year. Cal, every soccer fan has a formation they prefer. Everyone, no matter what team you support, no matter who the coach is, everybody has a different formation. And it's rare for the fan to agree with the coach's formation. What's the formation you would use as a, uh, as a fan watching Rasa Lick and watching the current roster? Will you be more of an attack, maybe a five in the back, or maybe go with the Dutch system with a three in the back? What, what formation would you like to see? Yeah, I would I would love to see a formation that allows for transition. Um, just especially watching it today, I think that a four four two with the the two um, like the left back and right back moving up at like wingers, like we're seeing with Dest or um, you know like Jordi Alba in Barcelona. I think that a formation like that that allows the transition, allows a little more flexibility, um, would be great to help our offense. Um, and that's pr- probably my personal favorite formation as well. Uh, but I'd be interested to see if there's any other kind of ones. Like um, we've been seeing a lot of different ones, like uh, four-two-three-one. I don't know if we have the striker for that right now. Um, but if we do have a striker that emerges as our as our go-to, I would I like to see a formation that highlights the attack, especially. Now I asked Mike earlier who was the player he was looking at. Um, who's the player that you're looking at this season? Yeah, I, I agree with Mike. I think Ochoa is probably the one that I'm watching most. And then, like I mentioned, Herrera, and then also Jason Ramirez c- coming in. You know. He had, was it like 10 appearances for a total of 80 minutes last year, right, all off the bench. 
And so to see him in a starting position, starting role, see what he can do with a full 90 um, and being able to see how he works with the other parts of the midfield and the offense. Now, this is a question for, for both of you guys. I know there's a few weeks left until the season starts. Um, is there? Do you guys feel that there's more signings coming? Or do you guys feel like this is the roster? This is it where you will face uh, the first few games with until maybe the next transfer, transfer window opens up. Uh, Mike, I'll let you go first and then uh, Kyle. Uh, I kind of think this is it for now just because... Deloy is still technically the owner of the club, but he's not going to invest anything because he's on his way out. So they're kind of just stuck with the run-of-the-mill money that you get from TV deals and trades and things like that. So I don't think they'll have the resources to make any more signings until the summer transfer window, just because I don't think there will be a new owner um, before the season starts. I'm sure they'd like to make moves now, but I don't think they're going to have the resources to do that because they don't have any way to pay transfer fees or DP salaries or anything like that. So I think it's going to be a wait until summer situation. You can go ahead, Cal. Yeah, I agree. If we get a new owner in the next week or two, I would love to see a big signing right out the gate. But if that doesn't happen and we're still waiting um, as the ball gets rolling at the beginning of the season, I think that we're going to have to wait for the summer window. Um, we did get, um, we traded Corey Baird to LAFC. Um, for over for 500,000 in general allocation. And so I think that, you know, that money might be able to be used early, but it really just depends if the, the player profiles that are on the market match up with what we need. All right, guys, now to, to wrap it up here, uh, what are your um, stats on the season? Well, what are you looking for? What do you think is going to happen? Do you see playoffs? Do you see maybe uh, short of the playoffs? How do you see the season playing out with the roster you have and what's going on around the club? Uh, Kyle, I'll go ahead and start with you. Yeah, I think that if we can work on what we talked about, right, keeping the defense strong, finding some offensive solutions, we can definitely move up to the middle of the table for sure and qualify for playoffs. Um, I would love to win back the Rocky Mountain Cup, of course. Um, and I'm excited to see how everything plays out. You know, COVID and the pandemic and, you know, the whole situation has kind of leveled things in some ways and not in other ways. And I think that this can be one of the, the moments that, RSL can step forward into that space and and show who they are and what they can do. Mike, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with Cal. I think the pandemic situation might almost work in RSL's favor, just in the sense that it's going to be such a crazy year that some of our issues might not come back to bite us. I think right now, RSL is not a playoff team. Um, the good thing, though, with the season starting later, later this year is that it starts much closer to the summer transfer window. So if the roster that we have isn't getting it done, reinforcements might not come, or reinforcements will come a lot earlier into the season than it might have been other seasons in the past. So if there is a new owner by summer transfer window that brings in a lot of big signings, I think this team can catch a lot of momentum and make the playoffs. Um, but for now, until that happens, the season's mostly going to be about trying to establish some form of a club identity in terms of what direction they want to go once the owner gets here, and then just the fans doing their best to show up and support the team and making sure that we kind of have that core foundation still in place. All right, guys, I'm very excited to have you guys back on very soon once the season gets started. Uh, but before that, if the listeners want to follow you, if the listeners want to read your stuff as well, where could they follow you on social media to keep up with you and keep up with the team? Kyle, go, you can go ahead first. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. My handle is Calvin J. Westfall. Um, my name is Cal Westfall on there. Um, yeah, follow me on Twitter. 
in Espanol too, right? Yeah, I speak Spanish, I speak Portuguese, <laughs> I speak Catalan. Um, Catal- everything. <laughs> I, I follow La Liga pretty closely, so if you want to talk uh, more about international international game, yeah, I'm all open to it. Love to hear what everyone thinks. Awesome. Mike, go ahead and uh, share where we can follow you out on social media. Yeah, so my Twitter handle is at MillerMike123. Tweet about RSL, college basketball a bit right now, although that's wrapping up here pretty quickly. Um, I'm doing my best to write articles on the MLS Now website. I don't have too much right now just because work and school is lining up in a crazy way right now. But once the season starts, my schedule is going to be pretty open. So I'm hoping to get a lot of articles out there for everybody to read. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I know this is a shorter episode than usually, but I'll have you guys back on very soon. I'm very excited uh, to have you guys on and as well as with the new contributors. I appreciate you guys. Sorry, I always mess up something during every episode. Um, appreciate you guys joining uh follow them guys on social media on twitter mlsnowpodcast.com is where you can find all of their articles you can look them up by name or by just clicking blog mls rsl and all of their posts should pop up check it out guys best of luck to your team this season i know there's going to be a lot of things going around and very excited to to see what 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 happens in the season and have you guys back on soon thank you so much for joining me yeah thank you for having us on yeah thanks david see you soon and shout it loud, Real. Here at the riot, the battle hymn's begun. We're here for RSL. So we-